You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Marco the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and with me tonight is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing tonight, man? Doing good. Ready to talk some LOR. We've got a lot to cover. It's gonna be a. It's been a busy, busy week. I think it'll busy couple weeks anyhow, uh, in LOR and. Uh, you know, for better or for worse, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of content to, to discuss. And honestly, you know, I actually have been enjoying LOR a lot, although really mostly through a lot of the side game modes actually has been really, really fun for me. I heard that uh, earlier today you got the opportunity to play against Fiora and the game went really well. Yeah, no, uh, Fiora is still my least favorite part of this game. And uh, I don't think that'll ever change. Uh, but, you know, um, I have gotten to play some really cool decks uh, that uh, that I've been working on, some cool decks that uh, I've been messing with with Gibby. And then also just, like, uh, played a lot of Lab of Legends, actually, because it's a great way to, to grind through event quests. It's a great way to, um, you know, rack up your experience and get your, your chest leveled up at the end of the week. And uh, Duo Q It's actually really, really fun. Um, so I've been playing a little bit of that as well. So really just kind of dabbling in everything that Runeterra has to offer. Can you explain Duo Q uh, to anybody who hasn't uh, actually gotten a chance to play it or check it out yet? Because I, I haven't had the chance to, and I'm kind of curious about it because it seemed very interesting to me. Yeah, you know, it's definitely still a work in progress, you know, and they they said as much. Um, but Duo Q is in labs, and what you do is you partner up with somebody. I think you can queue randomly, but I've just been doing it with Gibby and oh, yeah. uh, or Gibbles and Bits, uh, as he's known in our Discord. Um, and we have been uh, – and, and the way it works is that you select three decks. Uh, each of you select three decks. And then once you get into a match, uh, there's like a, a um, an opening phase where – you and your partner will each get a starting bonus. Uh, it's something oh, okay. small usually. So um, we've played a couple rounds. I think one of them is like you start with a zero one prey. One of them is like you instantly do deal two damage to the opponent as soon as the game starts. One of them is like you get a zero mana predict spell, but it's fleeting. So they're not crazy uh, like... Uh... Like some of the Lab of Legends stuff, like rally. Yeah, every no, round they're not. They're like not that. that wild. And they're usually just you know quick one one turn you know effects. Um, and but what happens is is that you'll see which one you're going to have, and you'll see which one the opponent or your, your sorry your partner is going to have. And your opponents have the same two options or the same two uh, starting bonuses. And so then uh, two of each of your three decks will get put down at the bottom. So just because you queue uh, Aurelia and Azir. You may not uh, get <laughs> Aurelia and Azir. There's a one in three chance that you don't because it'll just sh- pull two of your three random ones and the same okay. of your uh, allies. Uh, and so in I, if I remember correctly, too, like you're not allowed to have the same um, champ combinations, but we haven't had that come up anyways. <laughs> uh, and so once that happens, then you can pick either your deck or your teammate's deck and queue it. 
So, um, and then basically what will happen is you and your teammate are going to each have a separate game where you play against the opponent. Um, and uh, if you both win, you win the match. If one of you wins and the other loses, then um, the two winning decks will go against each other and a random of you or your partner will get uh, to play the winning deck. Um, oh, so like one time, one time I lost my half um, and then uh, Gibby won his half and then I piloted his deck. And then it was the reverse the other time where I won my half and then Gibby uh, lost his half, but I still played my deck again. So gotcha, gotcha. it just kind of, you know, but, but anytime during that game, there's a couple things that happen. Every three rounds, you'll get a supply drop. Whoever the first person to the supply drop is, the first person to turn three, will get two options. I think this is, if I'm slightly off on the details, you know, don't be mad. I've only played it a handful Furious. of times. So angry. Uh, but you'll get you'll get uh, two options, and then whichever one you don't pick will be one of the options for your opponent when they get to turn three or turn six or turn nine. Okay. Um, and so the, those those benefits scale. So like on turn, uh you know, like six, you'll get to draw a card that costs three or higher or potentially put a champion on top of your deck, you know. But the first round, it's like short, like smaller stuff, like summon a sapling or give two creatures in your hand plus one attack. So like they're not huge benefits, but they do sort of change up the dynamic a little bit. And if you know that there's one that your partner could really use, you kind of need to communicate and be like, hey, uh, you could really use that uh, sapling right now. Okay, let me pass on it so it goes to you when it gets to your turn three. Um, oh, nice. So there's just a little bit of communication. At any point, you can press this button and just go and look at their screen and watch their game play out. You just got to be careful that you don't let your game tick down and, the, uh, and rope your opponent. Okay. So it's and, a little uh, different than what I thought. It's it's a little bit different than what I thought it was going to be, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean it, it sounds it's, interesting. It is interesting. And and more than anything, it's fun because, you know, you get to hang out with a with a friend and play LOR. And even though you're kind of just playing your own game, you are still kind of talking about it. And if you have there's ever like a decision, you know, that you that's tough, you can be like, Hey, come look at my screen real fast. What do you think? You yeah. know? Um, and, uh, but I will say one of the things that's interesting about it and is that, uh, you know, um, Gibby and I play a lot of video games together, right? So we play like Apex Legends, we play Rocket League and we, we played, we played Ultimate Frisbee for years, you know, uh, which isn't a video <laughs> game, but which uh, is not a video game, you know, but I mean, I'm thinking about that. I mean, we've probably, we've, we've played Ultimate Frisbee together almost a decade. Wow. Which is crazy. Time. I mean, so yeah, because it would have been I was eighteen, uh, and now I'm twenty seven. So yeah, yeah, uh, almost a decade, almost yeah. a decade, and uh, so we have gotten really good at talking and communicating when we're working together on you know on the team. We we're really good about you know uh, you know letting each other know when we need something or being like, hey, check this out or or watch this guy going to goal or whatever. Um. It actually is kind of interesting because that that instinct to like communicate and like just like verbalize what you're seeing and what's going on isn't always super helpful because like you're each focusing on something completely different. And yeah. there's times where oh, you're yeah. like, you're, you know, where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. If all I got to do is hit this ice shard and, and uh, you know, I'll get my scar mother will get big enough to, to get lethal. And Gibby's like, OK, just hold on. Just stop talking for a second. 
You know, <laughs> he's working out some math on his screen, and you know, so it's just uh, it's interesting because we we both had those moments where we're like, okay, hold on, hold on, shush, 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 and, you know. Uh, but uh, but then you know, for the final game, if you if that if you split games, that's really fun because you both get to sit there and hmm, what do we do? Well, maybe this move, you know, and that's kind of a fun thing too. Well, it's interesting because I thought it might be more like Two Headed Dragon from Match of the Gathering, and in that game, you have a partner. And you guys kind of play your turn, then they play their turn. You play your turn, they play their turn. And you have a mm-hmm. shared health pool that is, like, larger than your average. I think it's 30 health instead of 20 health that is typical of Magic the Gathering. And there's even some systems where you can, like, share mana um, with your opponent to kind of, like, get something with your player or your uh, team member to try to cheat something out earlier mm-hmm. or whatever have you. And uh, I always found it to be a, a really interesting, compelling way to play. And I was kind of thinking that maybe it was a little bit like that but that would be extremely difficult to create anything with four boards on a smart device like a smartphone or something yeah um so i imagine that one of the main reasons that they haven't you know explored something like that is the mobile client for runeterra probably would significantly limit their ability whereas they could do something like that probably on desktop without too much of a problem the mobile client is is probably next to impossible to do that yeah, and I think that there's more experimentation to be had in, in it. You know, I, in fact, if I was going to, um, if I would suggest anything, I think it would be interesting to have more, you know, of my board things interact with my opponents. You know, mm-hmm. or excuse me, um, something like, uh, you know, at certain turns of the game, you can give them a card in your hand, or you know give them some of your health total okay i can i'm i'm sacrificing five health to give them three or whatever you know yeah that Um, would be interesting that would be really interesting and kind of make it feel a little more like a team dynamic because right now it's more like it's more like we're playing separately but with a shared result yeah, it would be interesting if there was, like, a, a shared health pool of, like, 40 health or something, and you had to take your turns together, and you, you wanted to swap back to see what your opponent's board was like to see how it was damaging, you know, how your overall damage was going to do. And if, if they're losing, you need to, like, win harder than they're losing uh, in order to eliminate your opponent's health before your health could be uh, eliminated. There, obvi- I mean, obviously, we've talked about this before. There's lots of room to explore stuff. I just love that they are exploring it. Um, I played a little bit of Lab of, Lab of Legends this week, and I was actually talking to DBN on Monday, which is when we typically record, and it was like, I don't even know if I want to record. Like, I'm ready to throw Runeterra through a wall right now. <laughs> um, and I uh, had one of those days that was just like, it was just a really bad day. And actually, it's funny, because I had a Friday stream that was really bad. We quit streaming Runeterra halfway through and switched to TFT, because I was like, I don't even want to play this game. Then we had an all-day stream that way on Monday, and uh, I was just in a really bad not a good place i tried a lot of different things couldn't get anything to work we tried control kindred we tried one of the decks from deck name game today um we tried a handful of other things we just couldn't get anything to work and and i had played some shivana already with matron and everything and dad he wasn't really gonna play that um but then uh you know as it turns out later that day i got on and played elites and elites right now uh mono demasi elites is really strong basically because of vanguard defender with two mana two two with toughness um, is really, really hard for uh, really Azir to deal with because so often turn two, three, they're trying to begin getting their, their board going and attacking with their stuff. And Garen is extremely bad for them on turn five about the time they want to level up yeah, their champions. Regen and... 
will not only regen, Rally. but if, if you attack twice with your blades in a round, it levels Garen up because he just blocks yeah. two blades and immediately levels up because he gets two strikes in. Um, really, really hard to deal with. So uh, actually, Garen, Garen Jarvan Elites right now is in a really good place because um, it beats it beats a really Azir, I would say, the, a pretty strong percentage of the time. Like most of the time, it's mm -hmm. going to beat a really Azir. Not always. If you don't get your curve, it's still going to lose to them. But it has a good matchup against that. Now, there are decks with better matchups, but it has a good one. But it also has a good matchup against a lot of the other decks that are trying to counter Aurelia Azir. Um, like, it's pretty good against, like, the Braum Vlad deck. It's pretty good against... The only deck that it is not good against is it's not good against Thresh Nasus. It loses pretty consistently to Thresh Nasus simply because you're trying to build a board. Thresh Nasus throws a lot of little things down, and then it can typically get to its Nasus before you can get, like, your leveled-up Garen and... Oftentimes, you're, you know, your your Jarvan and stuff just doesn't really matter against the eight eight or nine nine or ten ten Nasus that yeah, comes down. And Jarvan is also mind-numbingly and infuriatingly uh, susceptible to vile feast. So it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, you just vile just feast like, him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Jarvan needs better Pop stats. Barrier. Pop honestly, barrier. Yeah. Jarvan is not bad when there's more than one threat. Um, that's been my experience. When you're throwing Jarvan is just basically like pull his biggest thing away and kill it. Um, mm -hmm. Whenever so, basically when you can go Garen into Jarvan is when he's at his strongest, right? Yeah. Um, and I like him at that point. It, he's not really strong on his own. I really run like it. it almost feels like a championless deck. Like it almost feels like well, that's Garen my is just a five-five regen. You know. That's my problem with Jarvan is just the fact that like in the in the one deck that can even play him, like you don't care about leveling him. No. And like that's a bummer, right? Like you want to see champions leveled. Uh and that's been like, you know, that's the whole point of the game, right? So like, you know, that, that's my issue with that. I mean, there's You're there's not other really ones. Playing. Yeah, you're not really playing Jarvan or Garen because of the fact they're champions. You're playing them because they're some of the best elites in the slot. Well, right. I mean, I'd argue that Garen is, like, it's super simple, but, like, he levels, you know. Oh, and he'll, he's he'll get leveled. super oppressive if he does level. Yeah, that's right. true. And, and, like, you know, I mean, compare Jarvan to Malphite, right? They're both pretty bad. And kind of mm -hmm. for the same reasons, you know. They're they're expensive. They, don't, they come down later in the game, and you have to do a little bit even – you know, at that point, on top of just coming down late in the game to level them, right? The difference is Malphite very clearly uh, has a reason to level him, and the deck that plays it, even though it's not good, wants it leveled, right? And is moving to try to level him. And Jarvan just isn't... Sometimes Jarvan, Jarvan gets leveled by really accident. Like, if you have attacked <laughs> a lot and your opponent has been on the back foot and they're doing a lot of defending because he doesn't have to see the defenders survive strikes. He just, it just has to happen. It only has to happen it's with true. four. And so, uh, and a lot of times it happens with him coming down on the board. So I've had times when I just, I didn't even know that Jarvan was leveled. I just open attacked. Jarvan came out and he leveled up when he came out. And I was like, oh, cool. Jarvan's leveled. And Jarvan, when leveled, is very good because the free oh, yeah. cataclysm and gaining barrier, like, if he is leveled, he's not easy to deal with because 
he he removes stuff very well and and that is one of the things that this deck doesn't do super well is always remove things and they know you have it in hand so it's like this really sort of cat and mouse game of chess going on or like should i play this will this lure out him using you know his cataclysm or won't it lure out him playing his cataclysm um found it interesting and then today i did i just got on it i wanted to do an, an expedition because i wanted mm-hmm. to get my prismatic chests and stuff and I have like a week left to do that and uh, and went for a seven win run with a nocturne uh, with three not one nocturne three nautiluses playing a deep deck um, and in the mm. last game I went up against a Hecarim Azir deck that leveled Azir on turn four nice he, he emperor died he did he did like turn one something then he did the emperor's dais he did Azir and then on the next turn, he did like uh, he he had like a spell mana. So he did Emperor's Dias. He played uh, one of the guys who summons the the Sand Soldier, and then he did Hecarim spell, which summons two more. So he attacked me with uh, one, two, three. Uh, and he had a shark a shark chariot somewhere. I don't even know how it all worked out, but he attacked me with six things on turn four and leveled his. Uh, six ephemerals and leveled his uh his uh, thing and i won i won he took me to one life he was at like 18 life he took me to one life and when he took me to one life i had just enough to live he had me killed i had a second nautilus in hand and i was able to knock back and stun one of his ephemerals into his deck and that gave me one life remaining which bought me the time to come back on board get my sea monsters down eat up his uh eat up his azir uh with a with a devourer and uh and then won the game from one life it felt really good and that was my seventh game for that expedition and that's how i finished my expedition so i'm, I'm kind of a really cloud good. nine right now I'm, I'm on the the lor cloud nine a bit you're right like now, you so. were you were really low you know really low on monday and, and now you're just soaring again Monday afternoon, but like you, I've been playing outside of the traditional ladder because the ladder is pretty rock, paper, scissors right now. Even if Elites works well because of Vanguard Defender um, and some of the sort of oppression of of the later game cards, um, I will agree with you that it feels good in LOR right now to be playing stuff that's not just grinding ladder games. Yeah, no, it's it's so, you know, I mean, last time, so last week we did, you know, talk about the meta a lot, and I think the meta has even progressed more in the week and if anything you know there was a meta report that dropped on reddit uh from mobilytics that had a zero Aurelia at 28 percent. that's an increase I in play that. rate that's crazy 28%. and that's higher than the previous high which was thresh nasus which is when everybody was you know calling for calling for nerfs uh before this most recent expansion so you know um there's a, yeah. The other thing I did want to, and, and we don't really need to go into balance anything. I, I did just want to highlight, like, there is so much infighting in the community right now, which is just a little disheartening to see. And it, it comes from people who, uh, there's a lot of people that are just, I mean, just absolutely livid with Azirelia. And look, I get it. You know, uh, it's not super enjoyable to run into all the time. And it feels a little unfair since it can do things that no other deck in the game can even come close to doing, which is the amount of pressure it can put when you don't have the attack token. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it's unique. not a... It's not a fun feeling. You constantly feel like you're on the back foot. You know, the 
style of the game that we've grown to know is that when you have the attack token, you can use it as a rebuilding turn. You don't have mm. to stay hyper-aggressive, you know. Just because you have the attack token doesn't mean you have to attack of anything. It's more important that they don't have the attack token a lot of times, right? Absolutely. Um, and if they play, and if they played something that rallied, it usually came at a pretty big cost. Um, you know, this is a break from that established mindset. And it's hard to adjust to, and it's not super fun to adjust to. Um, and... So I totally get where people are just getting really up in arms about this. There's a lot of content creators. They're very vocal. Um, you know, I mean, just speaking for me, I don't really care for it. Um, I, but at the same time, I've also sympathized with the people that are saying, like, stop raging about it. Like, you know, it, there, there is this cycle where, like, everyone's kind of wrong. And it's, it's a little disheartening to see because you see people that are like, you know, uh, Zero Rally is the worst. Riot has no idea what they're doing. This is, you know, the worst meta ever. Um, and it's like, well, you know, it may not be great, but we've had some pretty bad metas in the past. And quite frankly, it's the game's only a year old, you know? Yeah, um, sure. It's finding its footing and, you know, there's going to be missteps. And quite frankly, I mean, Riot at least is uh, communicative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're also, you know, I think we saw some really balanced metas where people still got really up in arms about the top tier decks. I mean, remember when uh, um, Ash Sejuani was the top deck in the meta oh, yeah. for a while? Oh, yeah. And that everyone was, was like, just, meta. well, everybody was really mad at, at Ash Sejuani, but it was one of the most fair decks in the environment. You know, it was mm -hmm. very strong, but yeah, it was yeah, fair. Yeah. And so people were mad at it then, but looking back, I think we, we look at it, we saw that the play rate was lower uh, because it was a difficult deck to pilot. You know, you it really forced uh, the meta more into the mid-range style where, like, you couldn't go, um, you know, you either had to go really aggressive and hope that they didn't, you know, weren't able to counter with a low drop, you know, early game. Mm -hmm. um, but you also had to get reeled in on the control side. Like, you couldn't go too greedy on control or else you'd get run over. You know, but I think that we look back at that and we say, ooh, was that really that bad? And then you look at things like Thresh Nasus, you look at things like... Um, Lisa and Zoe, Lisa and Zoe, Aurelia Zier. You have uh, the Burblefish, uh, Tia Fizz. You look mm -hmm. at these decks and you say, why were these that much more oppressive? And I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to the card pool's bigger, the level of synergy is higher, um, and so the things that felt bad back then, you know, they're it's it's nothing compared to what we have now. So is that a riot problem? Um, a little bit. I think that you could argue that they they are struggling to adapt to the larger card pool and they're also struggling to make um things when they drop uh relevant and if anything that the azir aurelia side of things is probably an overcorrection uh, on that front yeah it's interesting because it's like it, it is and, and zillion actually isn't bad but i, I think even it, it almost you know and, and we could be wrong about this too right but at least from perception it's malphite is pretty clearly undertuned. Now, that being said, Targon has been very strong uh, for about six months. Mm -hmm. So don't really have a problem with Targon not getting the strongest card. I think one of the hard parts about that is that 
Targan got an entirely new way to play. It wasn't like Targan got a bad card in an existing play style. Mm-hmm. Targan got an entirely new way to play that just seems invalid because it's not good. And so, well, therefore, it wasn't like Targan just got a, yeah. a bad card for an existing way to play. They they got something new that could be an exciting new way to play Targan. It's just not viable, you know? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a symptom of, um, you know, landmarks just being generally a little weak. Um, because mm-hmm. compared to spells, you're getting, you're oftentimes getting the delayed value that you would get from spells, especially on these countdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, you know, the, the only reason you're playing a landmark in that role instead of a spell is in order to trigger things that require landmarks instead of spells. Um, the difference is landmarks take up a board space and you can't use spell mana, you know? Yeah, um, yes. and so there's just this like double, you know, indemnity yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't even know if that's the right you know description of it but either way it it is an issue uh for landmarks in general and so these landmark decks talia malphite talia and malphite (laughs) even zillion i think is he'd probably look he'd probably look better if uh you you didn't have these hyper dominant decks running him into the ground wasn't running around i think that zillion would look more interesting i mean he's honestly looked interesting even with Aurelia Azir around. I, I played a lot of uh, Zillion and uh, and found him to be pretty strong. It, it's so funny because I actually haven't, we said we were going to talk about meta and here we are, um, but I actually haven't had a huge problem with Aurelia Azir myself, but I enjoy beating that deck and I think it has a lot of silver bullets, right? I mean, there's a couple yeah. of keywords that are straight up silver bullets against it. I understand why people do, don't want to do that. I understand why it stifles creativity. I understand mm-hmm. all of the complaints about it. I don't share a lot of those because some of the decks that I actually enjoy playing got better because of yep. Aurelia Azir. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that personally doesn't affect me, but I understand the community's feeling for it. Now, on something well, that's... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, but the flip side is there's a lot of people that are being a little bit too um, harsh in their in their criticism and and there's there's been a big divide amongst the competitive scene where you have you know some content creators that are getting really burnt out and really frustrated seeing the same thing over and over it makes for really bad yeah. content yeah that's also um, true and you, then you have competitive players who probably are not um content creators um but are sure. like very present in the scene um, or if they are content creators, they're smaller content creators, and they're getting extremely defensive of Riot, um, and they are, you know, a lot of times stepping in on, you know, threads and leveraging their uh, experience and their credentials to tell the people who have these reactions that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like a situation where I I have long held and I'm gonna I mean if I turn people off of this so be it I've long held the opinion um, that top tier competitive players and this is coming from me having been one in a couple games right top tier competitive players will always be meta apologists because they know how to exploit it mm. to increase win rates mm. yeah because once they grasp it and understand it they can uh, they can be better at the game because of that yeah. yeah and and if anything it is if anything, it makes their skill level shine because they can exploit what is now a more consistent uh, opposition. 
what I hear you saying, DBN, is that I'm a top-tier player because I'm not offended by really Azir. Perhaps you should be. That, I think that's what you're saying. I mm -hmm. think so. And, and, the and, silver right player. <laughs> you know, but I think that, but I mean, I, I've long held that that theory that like, because, you know, um, it's all about managing variables. I mean, when you get to a certain point, like, you know, you can, you can take a game and, and turn it into a science as long as you can control as many factors as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. And the more of these, you know, independent variables, variables become dependent variables, which basically means a reduction in the variance of what you're playing against. Sure. That means really that you refined can find decks, same decks over and over mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Sure. That means that you can if you really are a on top of your piloting, you know, your mulligans, you know, your progressions and you can read your opponent's hand state. You can exploit that much easier than if there is environments where there's a lot of creativity, there's a lot of, you know, different types of things flying around because then you don't have as many, you don't have as good of a read on what you might run into. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not trying to say that they're being disingenuous, but I am saying that I think there's a lot of these, you know, top tier players who are very vocally defending a zero rally because they look at their own personal experience and see that it doesn't match up to the wide swath of the community. And a lot of those top tier uh, competitive players are much more, uh, I guess, right-brained, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, in the end of the day, card games are a math problem. And the yeah. less variables, the easier it is to figure out the math problem on the spot. Right. And, and it becomes, and it, it's much more of a like a spike thing. Spike plays for the results. You know, Johnny plays for the creativity and Timmy plays for the fun factor. Or really, if you want to gamify, it plays for the cool factor, mm -hmm. right? And um, solved metas, especially metas where there's a lot of uh, you know consistent things, if those top-tier things can be beat, even if it creates a polarized environment, the spikes are going to be happy because they know how to deal with it. And the problem is, is that disconnect between understanding why someone plays the game and mm -hmm. people who are expressing their frustration with how to how that their style of playing the game is or isn't fun they don't understand it well enough to express that clearly so instead you get blanket statements like riot has no idea what they're doing with the rally which, <laughs> which really means helpful. which really means this meta isn't fun for me and the way i like to play games yeah yeah i i get that entirely well, let, let's uh, let's talk about something that is Runeterra related, but not Riot or LOR related necessarily. Mm -hmm. So I would say, uh, what, a couple months ago, uh, we had started up a D&D &D group in Runeterra, a big guild inside of our Discord. And we had some people who played some games. It ended up sort of, uh, you know, like slowly but surely dissipating and, and we deleted the channel. As all D&D &D campaigns do. A lot of D&D <laughs> campaigns do. But one that did not actually um, was me and DBN and uh, two other three other guys from the community um, ended up starting to get together on a pretty consistent basis to play in the region of Targon, which is where I was running the game and I was the guild master for Targon. And, uh, and we just wrapped up that game uh, Ooh, this yeah. past week. And so it was, uh, we played a lot of sessions of it. I don't know how long we played, but we have played for months. Um, and, uh, and that ended up, man, you know, I was skeptical at first of playing D&D in the Runeterra universe, but I ended up having a ton of fun running mm -hmm. the game. I hope that you guys had a lot of fun playing in it. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it was one of the things that I was, I meant, I was going to ask you, but when we finished, it was a little late. Um, one of the most amusing things to me was that, uh, 
you know, it started off as a very episodic thing, right? Where like you would go in, play a mission, which would be one to three sessions max. And then you'd ideally get a different group, right? Yeah. And I, I ran a couple games. Uh, Mark had run some games for a variety of other people in our Discord. But it got to the point where because we had already, you know, been dabbling with some other, you know, um, systems. So we'd played a little bit with Tales from the Loop. We'd played a little bit. Um, Blades, in the dark. Blades in the Dark. And so we had a, a kind of core group that um, had been sort of playing stuff even before this D&D thing came along. So we wanted to keep playing as a unit and then we would bring in the occasional other person to join our squad. Well, it got to the point where we were having a, you know, only a couple people were, you know, interested in playing on the night that we could play. Um, so and we just, over voice chat. Like and over voice. Play yeah. by. That was really the thing. It was the five of us that wanted to do voice chat is really what it came down yeah. to. Yeah. And so we had, a, we had a, I think, what, like three different people at, at any point and then it was yeah. really just the yeah the group of us and um but it got it got to the point where like use could stop running um you know single adventure things and start tying them into an overall narrative but even before you did that uh our group decided that we absolutely hated his little guild master guy that he yes. had put out there and well, uh, i had made him a horrible a horrible npc yeah he yeah he had a mark lot to was, hate mark was loving making somebody that we hated uh, who's it just a big great. old solari jerk face and <laughs> and uh i meant to ask you know at the end of it all you know we go and we stop a cult in targon from uh, uh fusing a demon with a celestial at the top of mount targon pretty friggin' epic um and of course the, the the cult leader was in fact this obnoxious npc that we'd hated on and, and in fact tried to undermine his authority actually at a certain mm -hmm. point where we tried to get the guild to like put somebody else in his place <laughs> and and uh and kick him out but uh i was gonna ask like did you did you plan that or did you make it that after we determined what we absolutely hated this dude well you know it's it's actually funny because you should have known the answer to that um because when we first started creating the guilds and i created a guild master i mm -hmm. wrote to the other dungeon masters and i asked them if it was okay for me to create a uh a guild master with ulterior and negative motives um like was it appropriate for me to create a guild master that <laughs> didn't actually have the best interest of the guild at heart because i intended for him from the time that you guys became introduced to him to not be the good guy now i had thought about whether or not there would be more than one bad guy if he would be the worst or if he would have been a puppet of another more sinister bad guy and there's a chance that that would have been the case if this was going to continue we're not going to be continuing to play in runeterra if we continue to play um so i i don't have to go into all of that but at different times i had thought about if there was more complexity to it than what we had seen um i actually thought last minute right beforehand uh, another npc that had come into the group named aya i thought about ending up either making her the bad guy or making the guild master and Aya working together as the 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 true villain, mm -hmm. um, but ended up just going with the guild master was the villain all along. He was the cult leader who was using the Solari um, and their influence of the Solari to uh, to create 
you know, this in empower this cult in the area. And it, it ended up being a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. we got to tie into some LOR lore, including the summoning of demons like uh, Aatrox and Evelyn in Runeterra, um, which typically come about after a great deal of suffering in a group of people. So there's all this suffering going on of the people of Targon that was being caused by the cult. And then also sort of like the celestial bodies uh, choosing a representative um, like uh, Zoe, who's the sort of the Archon of Trickery, or Diana, who's the Archon of the Moon, um, or Leona, the Sun. And, uh, and so we sort of combined the suffering making a demon take the form of and become an archon in the end uh to sort of make the ultimate big bad guy it was a lot of fun to play oh, and yeah. i really appreciate you guys playing in it. it it was a blast no yeah and i got to play a yeti so i mean that was super fun yeah that's always <laughs> that's always a good thing it's always a good thing so we just figured we would give you guys an update because we literally just got done playing it this week and and uh thought yeah, hey it's maybe terror related yeah, maybe people will be maybe people will be interested. Maybe there's an episode of the Mulligan in the future where we, we talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I do want to jump over to a couple of quick announcements, and I want to first off give a thank you to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash legendscast. The link for it is in the description of this episode. If you want to become a supporter of the show, go over and support us. But they allow us to do really, really cool things, uh, like, for example, the ability to uh, to do Legendscast uh, Discord uh, seasons, uh, so seasonal tournaments where we do multiple weeks of all kinds of uh, of games and things uh, that comes out to a final eight bracket. And we had it uh, finish up this week, uh, this past week. Um, Legends Cast uh, Discord League Season 3 finished up. And our winner for Legends Cast uh, Discord League Season 3 is uh, is my friend Mateus. Uh, my friend Mateus. So congratulations, man. Um, and I think he's like mates something or other. I can't. Uh, he's not. He's from the EU. Um, funny, actually, to both of our final finalist uh sean golly spurs and uh, mateus both were are both eu players uh so mm-hmm. from the eu shard um uh, they came in first and second and then third place uh was jonathan and fourth place um was matram um and so congratulations guys all of you guys we're gonna be getting the winnings out uh later this week and sending them all out to them but thank you guys so much for playing and anybody who played in the discord league we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. You guys are really off the charts and uh, and made it a really awesome and super, honestly, a really competitive season this season. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty intense, and uh, you know, it's good. We're gonna have uh, a little bit of a break, so a couple weeks where we're gonna sort of reassess, at least, yeah. you know, and and kind of determine, you know, what we want to keep for next season, what we want to change. Uh, spoiler alert: We're gonna have some big changes rolling out. Where I'm actually pretty excited about it. Format is going to be adjusted uh, quite a bit uh, because you know we're we're just trying to make it as appealing to as wide of a swath of people as possible, and also just try to. Um, you know, uh, spoiler a little bit, but we are going to try to make the seasons shorter so they don't take quite as long. Um, yeah. We can fit more seasons in a year. And uh, more importantly, that way, so if somebody, you know, loses the first couple games, uh, they don't have to play through like four more weeks uh, and or drop out. Like we don't want people to feel bad about dropping out, um, you know, and but we also don't want them to drop out. So like, you know, uh, we had some really some some troopers who they lost the first three weeks and then they stuck it out and continued to play their last three matchups like 
like seriously like that's the kind of uh attitude that we love to see here at legends cast uh but you know we also don't want to put them in the position where they have to just like groan and 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 gut out a bunch more weeks just to be you know good sports uh and so we're just trying to find a way to shorten up the season but we're also going to be definitely tinkering with format a little bit uh probably switching off of our what is it uh last deck standing or wait no Mm -hmm. yeah last deck standing will probably be you know looking into the best way we can do conquest or some other variant and we're looking into that so it's just going to be it's going to be a lot but but at the end of the day the biggest thing about the legends cast discord league is that we wanted our community to have a way to get in contact and start playing games and making friendships within ourselves uh and and be able to start uh you know forging connections and and honestly once again uh, that has proven really to be the case. You know, every, at the end of every season, you know, it's always cool to see new people making friends, hanging out inside our chat rooms, and trying decks and experimenting with things and helping each other ladder. And it's gotten better and better with each progressive season. I can't, I can't wait to continue that. Yeah, this last season was really awesome. I mean, honestly, the best of the three so far, um, from a competitive standpoint, from a reward standpoint, mm-hmm. um, and and just from an overall community feel. Like there was so many people who played their games and streamed them uh, in the Discord or hung out with people and got ready. I, I remember guys who were like getting ready, like playing matches with their decks and um, and getting ready to see which decks they were going to bring that week. And that was all really cool. A lot of people prepping really hard. And I know a lot of people who prepped really hard in the finals as well, um, who really uh, worked hard at it and uh, and did their best to have, you know, the best lineup that they could have. And uh, I was really blown away by that, you know. And so really, really cool. The other thing yeah. is we decided uh, we did launch a shop last week um, for purchasing t-shirts, long sleeve tees, and hoodies with the Legends Cast logo on them in silver. Um, I picked up some today. I know Ian picked up uh, something for himself. So what we decided to do is typically at the recording of this episode, we'd only have about a day left and it would be closing. Um, But what we're going to do is we're going to keep it open one extra week. So if you would like to pick up uh, something, I realize a lot of people, you listen to an episode late or maybe you missed last week's episode and you didn't get a chance. So we are going to keep it open until June the 2nd. So on June the 2nd, we're going to close the shop. Um, So that is going to be your last chance. So if you want to grab something, I know that they're not cheap. The shirts, the hoodies, they're not cheap. We're not actually getting any bounce back from that. Mm -mm. We just literally wanted the best stuff. Like we don't want you (laughs) to buy stuff that's junk and we don't want to buy stuff that was junk. So when, uh, whenever the, the, the designer and the guy who is running the shop for us, um, you know, as is what we want. I was like, like, give us good stuff. Like, d- please don't give us like total garbage shirts and hoodies. Like, th- there's no sense in throwing money at something that you're not going to be able to wear. It's going to shrink the first time you throw it in the wash or whatever. Um, so if you order it, the, that's a pre-order shop, kind of like a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and then it'll take a couple of weeks uh, for our printer to get all of the shirts and stuff made and get them in the mail. So you could expect them, you know, like mid to end of June if you get in there and order mid to end of June. So get in there and order a shirt. If it's something that you liked but you wish we would have done something else like a hat or a pint glass let me know and we can uh you know shoot me a message in discord or email me at eslegendscast at gmail.com 
And I don't, I don't think I've said that that email on this podcast in like nine months. Um, but uh, <laughs> but feel free to shoot me an email or shoot a message on Discord, and we can see about maybe doing something different in a future shop. I just wanted to try it with t-shirts and hoodies because it's not something that we've given away or done anything for before um which makes me reminds me that we have to do a a giveaway um but we're gonna do uh the may giveaway on the first episode in june um because i totally forgot about until right now um that's gonna be all the announcements congratulations to our discord league winners and uh and let's go ahead and jump in to do a little deck name game showtime So, guys, deck name game has kind of been stacking up, and we haven't been taking a really close look at it. Um, But I went back, I looked through, and, of course, you know, we have several different uh, people who've been willing to submit decks, which we really appreciated. Um, And me and DBN decided we would each pick one deck that we liked and highlight it this episode. Um, DBN, do you want to go first? Do you have your deck that you like that you want to talk about? Um, Oh, gosh. So, I really like... uh... I really like the one that you're gonna pick, probably the best. Well, um, too bad it's mine, so stay away. Yeah, from it. you know. Um, you want me to do mine so you can look yeah, and, do, and make up no, a second? Yeah, yeah, you know. I I'm trying to see and look through. Um, I just feel bad because so, there's so many. I feel bad so only many good picking ones. one. There's yeah. a lot of really good ones. Well, I'll jump on mine first. So the one that I'm choosing is by Six Summit. Six Summit, congratulations. You have my pick. And I did actually play this deck on stream a couple of days ago. The deck's name game is Black Coat, White Shoes, Black Hat, Cadillac, which I had no idea what that meant. And Six Summit did not give me a description of what that meant. So I Googled it, um, and I found out it was a song <laughs> by Ransom that I actually did know called Time Bomb. And in Time Bomb, it sings black hat, white shoes, black hats, black coat, white shoes, black hat, Cadillac over and over again. It's a really, actually, really fun song. Um, And I didn't listen to a lot of Ransom, but I did know that song. Um, So it must have been popular at one point or another. Uh, Anyway, this is a Shadow Isle Sharima Zillion list that does not run any other champions other than Zillion. It runs uh, a lot of sort of like the cheap... Uh, cards that you want to sacrifice that you're going to see in the Shadow Isles package, um, along with a lot of draw. He says, this one is close to optimized. It's been very consistent with me so far. Three elves, a ton of draw. Win rate is 60 to 70% in Silver Ladder. Not great versus Aurelia Azir, so not great against evidently 28% of the field, but um, neither is anything else. Haven't run into NASA's atrocity yet. Weirdly, uh, we'll probably be climbing with this one. Um, I have played it uh, a little bit. I will say this. I did not have a lot of luck with it, but it is a really fun deck that is focused on grinding out the game, leveling up Zillion, sacking your own stuff, in winning uh, through like series of time bombs, um, and I had not seen I've seen a lot of decks that use Zillion sort of as like a draw mechanic or a predict mechanic or a like ping one mechanic, um, but they were really focused around another champion um, that was probably going to win them the game. This deck, however, is just like a ton of draw, um, and then after a lot of draws, is get your Zillions out and really power them up. Several times. I was in a scenario where I could block with my Zillion and have my Zillion die and use the time warp on him to get a plus three, plus three on my Zillion and bring him back to life as a four, seven immediately, which made him a lot more difficult to get rid of. Found Zillion to be, this deck to be a lot of fun. So uh, Six Summit, congratulations. You're my winner this week. Black Coat, White Shoes, Black Hat, Cadillac. Uh, We'll put the deck code in the description of this episode if you want to check it out. 
Yeah, so uh, that is a great one. Um, I am real tempted to uh, pick one of uh, the ones from Gibbles and Bits, but I once again, uh, that would be nepotism, uh, so I won't. <laughs> However, uh, I do highly recommend you check out both of the decks uh, that he put in Deck Name Game uh, because one of them is ridiculously funny uh, of a name, but it has Fiora in it, so I won't be picking it. Um, and the other one is a pretty funny name, but an even more enjoyable deck that, uh, literally him and I sort of thought about and he built, uh, we were texting about it and then he went ahead and and put it together today. I played a couple rounds that made a few changes, but darn it, if it isn't really, really fun. So, um, you know, that's the other thing about this deck name game guys is these are really cool decks that are, you know, creations of our community, which is always just fun to see, you know, the creativity that goes into them. But the one I'm going to pick uh, is like actually from right after uh, the the set dropped, and and you know, it's it's been experimented with before, but I do really like some of the choices in this. It's from uh, Jonathan C. Uh, it is a Yasuo Malphite list called Stunning Landscapes. I think that's a great name. Too. And I, I loved it. I love the name. It's simple, but it is. I mean, that's something like I would name uh, my deck. But, you know, what I do really like uh, in this list, um, decided to run Homecoming uh, in it, which, you know, this is actually kind of posted uh, a little bit before Homecoming was becoming a uh, a mainstay with like Azir uh, Aurelia. Um, cause that wasn't really being put in a lot of the, you know, first wave versions of the list. Um, and, uh, it's using dancing droplet, of course. Uh, but there's also with Faye blade twirlers and Yasuo. So it'll, it'll work. The, the recall will work for both of those. Um, I do really like it. It's also with the triple concussive palm. Sometimes you can actually recall that guy, uh, that is summoned from the concussive palm. Um, so just really interesting, but uh, but more than that, I do like the inclusion of two star-tipped peaks and the cloven way to potentially pull um, some. Uh, well, the star-tipped peaks can pull some. Um, oh, what are they called? Celestial invokes some guys. Yeah. Uh, but the cloven way, of course, being able to do the old classic double stun and puts a body on board as well. So really like the list. Uh, I actually was considering playing around with it a little bit because you know one thing that I'll do is I'll like read a list and determine if I think that it will you know, do what it sets out to do. And this is one that like, I, I do think that even if the deck isn't good because, you know, Yasuo Malphite's a little underwhelming yeah. in the meta, I do think the deck is going to do a really good job of uh, achieving its goals um, and being a really fun deck to play. So um, definitely check out Stunning Landscapes uh, by Jonathan C. So congrats, Jonathan. And I did just give you the Vladdy Moat. Oh, very nice. Um, DBN, if I'm correct, you have to play 12 mana or summon 12 mana worth of landmarks to summon up Malphite, correct? Or to level up Malphite? Indeed. Okay, so one of the interesting things about this deck is that he runs uh, Eye of Raharok, which is a 5-mana landmark that Mm -hmm. if you Daybreak summons a copy of it, which is another 5-mana. So if you play one of the other landmarks and then play one, you know, Daybreak, uh, Eye of Raharok, it is 12 mana. Um, and so, really interesting, if we play Eye of Raharok Daybreak, it is 10 mana towards Malphite's level up on its own, which means yeah. that you don't actually have to run a ton of stuff, and it, it's working towards the Yasuo level up. So it's really interesting. The thought would normally be, well, you would run Leona here, right? But 
Eye of Raharak works really, really well with Malphite. So I think that was an interesting and inclusion. With and with Yasuo. I, I think it's an interesting inclusion. This is actually a deck that I truly think could be really strong using leveled up Malphite reliably as a finisher with your Yasuo if we were not in the state that we're in with Aurelia Azir right now, which we've already talked about enough. But I, I think I think that is holding down things like this that just would not yeah. fare well against that. But if, if uh, Aurelia Azir didn't exist, I actually think that this deck would be fairly competitive. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, so Yasuo is definitely a meta-dependent champion because, you know, he has very clear counterplay. He also is a little slow, and you really have to, you know, sacrifice a lot in deck building to make him work. But in those situations, he really can run away with a lot of games, so... Um, you know, there's been times in this game where the meta shifted in a certain way and all of a sudden people are playing Yasuo again. Uh, you know, as much as we might like to see Yasuo be more of a, you know, independent, um, you know, meta operator uh, and maybe be less of a gimmick, uh, that doesn't take away from the fact that he's uh, he, he really can sweep in and, uh, and be an influence in certain environments. And I think that there's a chance that 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 might come up if we get to a point where some of these uh, S-tier lists get ironed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Well, uh, that's going to do it for that segment. Congratulations to the deck name game winners. What we're going to do right now is go ahead and jump over to our main segment uh, for tonight. Time for the main event. So our main segment this week is really not so much a main segment. We talked a lot about the meta last week. We wanted to commit not to talking about meta. To be honest with you, this episode's an hour long, and we haven't even gotten to our main segment yet. Um, the real goal for the main segment was just to talk a little bit about the uh, about the the event that came up, because mm -hmm. that came out, like, out of the blue. I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect it. Did you expect it? Like maybe, maybe I missed something that said there was an event coming up and we were going to get, you know, all of this new stuff, but it was like, we recorded last week and then all of a sudden it was like, Oh yeah, you're getting all of this stuff too. And, uh, didn't know it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that people had speculated that there was going to be some sort of, uh, event or tie in or something like that, but it, you know, it definitely wasn't clear what it was going to be. Uh, yeah. And I think people were pleasantly surprised with what we got here in this uh, this uh, event pass. Uh, I, I can go ahead and, and tell you what it is. It is the Dark Horizon, at least is what the event pass is called. Um, and it came with so much stuff. Now, you have more of a, uh LOL background, right? And so this is one of those alternate universe, multiverse things, if I'm understanding it correct. And it's like deep space themed yeah, I don't really know. To be honest with you, I played, I did not play LOL during the time where the skins came out. And I've never followed the lore of LOL as much as just what the champions do. Um, but I did play Team Fight Tactics Season 3, which was this theme. Like, Season 3 was the space theme, and it had like Astronaut Nautilus and Astronaut Teemo. Um, and, uh, and it had like, you know, like dark sun and, or dark star and, uh, and cosmic characters. So I don't know if it's like connected to Targon at all, or if it's like, what if all of the heroes were cosmic guys? I, I'm not sure. I, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't know, but I know that like the, I think the bad guys are the dark stars and the cosmic 
are like the good guys maybe in the in the scenario i i think that that's accurate um so and there was like celestials and stuff in tft too so maybe we'll see more skins that will be sort of like running along this because i mean they have plenty of them there's lots and lots of skins out there for this like we we've only scratched the surface of the skins that are available for this sort of um this particular uh you know portion of of lol artwork that had come out for for the main game um but yeah no I, i think it's beautiful though i mean and so in this we got an event pass which was real. I mean, and we can talk about the event pass in a minute because I have been very impressed by the event pass. Um, then we got a new board as well called the Dark Horizon board that comes with a a featured like uh, bundle that if you spend extra coins, you you get the Horizon's Edge bundle, which gives you the board plus this like enormous giant guardian that sits on the side, um, which I saw, I think I played against a Riot member earlier today, this is the first time that I've actually seen that board, which was pretty cool. Um, and then you also got, uh, I don't think there was any new emotes that came out that aren't in the pack. And I don't think there was any new card backs that came back came out that weren't in the event pass, but you did get the first set of skins. Um, so we got Cosmic Zephyr Yasuo and Dark Star Zed, which is like a tier two skin. They come with new level up animations. And then we got Dark Star Shivana and Cosmic Exile Riven, which is like a tier one skin where they get, you know, level one and level two reskins on the cards, but they do not get new level up animations. Level up animations stay the same. So I'm kind of curious because there's been a lot of talk. I thought maybe we would start with the skins. Um, what was your thought on the skins uh, from this uh, DBN? All right. First off, they're pricey. It, it, they it, are. It's, you know, um, now they are massively reduced in price uh, if you own the cards. Because if I'm reading this right, if you actually were to purchase uh, the uh, the skins, you would get the actual cards too, the champion cards. Oh, that could definitely be the case. Am I'm I not wrong sure on I that? own all the cards. That could be. I own all the cards, so all I know is the price point without owning card yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure you get the card so if you were new to the game and you wanted to play yasuo zed shivana or riven right i'm pretty sure it would come with uh copies of the card in which case is why i'm looking at the price for me is reduced by 1238 coins and it's now only 1290 where before i think it was you know i don't know 2000 some whatever um okay you know, uh, and same thing. Like I've got a reduction in price on the uh, on the other ones uh, for Riven and Shivana. Now, he, here's the thing: there's a difference between these guys. So Zed and Yasuo are uh, you get these unique card arts where, like the you know the art on the card is different. So when you play it, you look at different card art. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, even cooler is the level up animations are different. Yeah, I love that feature a lot, which is why I'm disappointed that Riven and Shivana don't have it. Now, this is all like, you know, I'm nitpicking, right? Um, sure. But, you know, uh, Riven is one of my favorites. Um, admittedly, Riven's not great, but I've had a lot of fun playing Riven. I love playing the Blade Fragments. It's a fun little mini game. I play a good amount of Riven in, in a couple different variants, right? So I was a little, ex- I was excited initially to see Riven and be like, oh, cool, maybe there's like a new level up animation. And I initially thought that was the case. So I looked at Yasuo's and Zed's and I was like, wait, where's Riven's? 
And you know, the artwork's different, but the the animation it's it's a common skin. Mm-hmm. Um so they have these different grades similar to the how they have like I think they have got a couple different grades of board. Like originally they had, you know, some are more expensive than others. Right. I think there's actually different grades of guardians too. Uh, mm. Most of the guardians are common, but I believe the dragon, the one I own, the dragon. I believe the dragon is rare. Or yeah, rare. and the and Earth. Oh yeah, Earth is rare. Earth is rare, and I think the dragon might be rare. And there are a couple different levels of boards as well. Um, you have, you know, most of the boards start off as rare, but ones that have like more music like nightshade shrine the kda mm-hmm. world tour festival shrine and not just music but also sort of interactive or clickable features are epic and we have our first legend the new board is legendary the one that comes with the guardian like the pre-built mm-hmm. in baked in giant guardian that one's the first legendary board yeah um so so first off obviously uh, there is a lot of collectibles in here and, and you know i think that they did a a darn good job with making these things cool looking, interesting, unique, um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, makes me want to buy it. It makes me wish I had 40 bucks of, uh, you know, coins <laughs> that, sure. uh, to, that I wouldn't feel bad about dropping. <laughs> uh, and in fact, you know, I probably will, uh, before the event is over, get, uh, you know, either the board or maybe the Zed or Yasuo one with the special animation. Um, the Zed one's pretty darn cool. Uh, Zed one is very cool. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Zed animation and uh, was thinking about doing that. I actually, because right now I've been, I just started today, I've been playing a, a, a deck with Zed that I think is actually may, may be the best way to play Zed right now, uh, which is a cool thing to say. Um, spoiler alert, Syncopation. I've just been playing Syncopation in like five different decks. I love that card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Zed would be very good with syncopation. Oh, it's so nice. You can level them up. If you have another unit down. Very reliably. You can level them up on the turn. He swings first super reliably, yeah. Um, So anyways, um, I'll probably end up getting that or maybe the board. Uh, But either way, I think they did a great job visually, and and I'm pretty impressed. Now, the event pass. And we've talked about the event passes before, right? Because we've looked Mm – we've had – Three other event passes, if I remember this correct. We had the uh, Cherry Blossom one. We had the KDA one. And then we had the... What's the there other was one? There was a Sharima one. There was Sh- a Sharima one. Which um, was yes, there was. That's right. Yeah, where you got, uh, where you got the Azir at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's talk about that then. Because um, I look at this event pass and I'm, I'm comparing it to the Azir one. Um, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm pretty impressed. The, the, I guess, uh, you know, it's, they've, they've decided to start doing more with their prismatics, which I like. And, you know, prismatics have grown on me. I'll admit, I wish the visual effects were different, but I've started really getting excited when I see a prismatic, uh, pop into my hand and it makes me want them to all be prismatics. Um, ooh, ooh, makes a lot of dinging noises every time you draw a card. Though. Oh, I love that. I love it. It's like, ooh, that's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm special. Uh, <laughs> I have a prismatic card. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so they've, they've got a lot more prismatics on here than ever before, I think. And that is exciting. Also, they're reskins of uh, Guardians. That's something that we've seen the last two. Uh, mm-hmm. His Guardian reskins are better. They feel more unique than the previous reskins. 
Um, the, and maybe it just be like the the galactic, you know, kind of particle effects and whatnot uh, that we see. Uh, but uh, well, but the they... cool, the last one too, the the Dark Star Drake is just very cool, right? Because the dragon, mm-hmm. the dragon guardian is probably one of the coolest guardians. Um, that is like with the cool factor. Maybe not your favorite guardian. Maybe not the cutest guardian, but one of the coolest guardians. Yeah, Powder Monkey and, has some words. <laughs> well, Powder Monkey is a very cool guardian as well. I said one of, um, but uh, <laughs> but Dark Star Drake, it, the Dark Star Drake is is super super cool. Uh, the T Hex is pretty cool too. But then you got all the Von Yip stuff too, and I didn't have any Von Yip stuff before. Uh, oh. My daughter will be very happy about that because I had not Ooh. bought Professor Von Yip. And every time I let her look in the LOR shop, she wanted to buy Von Yip. Um, and now she'll have a couple of Von Yips to play with, even if they're Dark Star and Cosmic Von Yips. Well, and there's a, an emote for Sparky Sparky Von Yip. Uh, don't emotes, chase the laser, be the laser. The emotes are, in my opinion, the emotes are kind of next tier in this one. Like, they, like, the more fired up mm-hmm. uh, emote from Shivana. Like, I was not, exp- I was not impressed with the kda emotes the ones that came with that the sharima emotes were okay i did not hate them but the fact that i'm gonna have two uh two uh shivana emotes now and the the sparky the sparky sparky uh laser eye cat emote like i didn't even care about that at first like those type of emotes the ones that weren't like champions that were playable um, but I love that one. I think it's really cool. This is actually a great discussion topic, uh, maybe for the future, but I think that we should do a top five emotes. Category. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We got to yeah, get do that a, in here. There's a lot of top fives that we could do about different cosmetics in the game, actually, because there's enough of them now where. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's, I mean, there's some just, I mean, they're also, they're just so fun. Uh, yes. and, and they, I originally emotes didn't interest me that much. And more and more, I find myself being amused by all the different ones. And I've got my favorites that I always put on there, but then there's ones that like I want to get and haven't bought yet. So like, and I, each deck I I've started like tuning each deck to have different emotes. Like, Ooh, this one will be better for this deck. You know, uh, uh-huh. oh, it's yeah. in a good, it's in a good place. Uh, and, um, my original stance on emotes being like, I never use them. It's starting to fade. And now big flex is, uh, Oh, that okay. one's in my rotation. That one's in my rotation. I did buy that one. Uh, love it. Nice. Nice. So I am, I did you, I picked up the event pass. Um, and I'm really glad that I did. I really like it. I love the dark star card back. Um, mm-hmm. I think the dark star card back is really, really cool. And definitely one of my favorites. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of what other ones, the the other stuff that I really, I can't believe you bought Big Flex now that I think of it. I just, I, it was like, which one is Big Flex? And I just went on my on my account to go look. And I ran right past it because I, I didn't think it would have been your pick, but that's okay. Oh, um, it is my favorite thing to do if somebody <laughs> emote spams me and then I win. Big, fl- oh, Big Flex. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it is really good for that. The card backs in this set are really good too. You get yeah. the Cosmic Exile Riven card back, um, which is really cool. Um, I think that that card back is cool. The Zed yeah. one's cool, and yeah. then on top of that, like you do get, you get a couple of, uh, you get like a, a common, a rare, and an epic, uh, pr- prismatic chest. Mm-hmm. You get some prismatic get, shards, yeah, and then you get prismatic Zed if you get to the top. I, I think the fact that you get prismatic Zed alone is is almost worth 
grinding out a good portion of the event pass. Oh, I will be completing this event pass. Uh, let it be known. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I absolutely will. There's just too. It, there's just so much good stuff, and and you know that's the thing with battle passes, right? Like they're always. Uh, you know, affordable and you get a lot of stuff, but you have to work at it. But guess what? I like playing this game. It gives me, you know, if anything, it's fun because I'll play for the quests, which is something that I didn't really, I didn't really feel like I have to do a lot. Uh, I do, I'll do it just to get my chest up to 10, but like, uh, in Tessel, I was notorious for completely ignoring my quests. Like, like, cause when I stream, oh, I remember, yeah, yeah. Chat would be, be so mad at me, but I'd be like, I don't need it. I don't care. I, I screw it. I don't, I don't care about the, the, the quests. If I get it, the I get it. The funny part was always that he did need it because he never had a full collection. I, I didn't have like, a full you collection. You need it. <laughs> I hated, I hated playing their stupid quests. Like that was one of the worst parts for me is that the quests were either, they were like too specific. And I was like, I don't want to freaking waste time on this. I'm a deck builder. I just want to build my decks and play my my moth meta shenanigans. You know, like I hated doing quests. And it, you know, and it's true because if I had just sat down and just done it, it I would have probably finished my collection. But it, it would be like, ah, oh, I've got five quests. I don't want to do any of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, this does inspire you to do the quest, though. Is that what yeah, you're Yeah, I mean, that, that's the yeah. end of the day. Like, yeah, I find myself doing the quests both, you know, because of the chest. And those will stack up, and then when I get to three, I'll clear them all out. Uh, uh-huh. But, uh, but no, the, um, the event quests are – I have something to work for, and that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, event passes do get me onto games more consistently. I was playing a little less consistently before the event pass came out. I find myself wanting to log on every day and even just get, you know, three wins just so I can, yeah. you know, access a couple of the points towards uh, towards leveling up my event pass. I enjoy that. The other cosmetic that I bought, um, and I ran out of coins now, is I did buy the Shivana card skin. Um, specifically mm-hmm. because the leveled up Shivana is so cool. Dragons are pretty good right now. And, um, you could now play Shivana with Aurelian soul and have two cosmic dragons. Well, and you like Shivana anyways. Yeah. I, I enjoy, Sh- I, I've always liked Shivana, um, in LOL, in wild rift and in LOR, uh, and in TFT. I liked her. I like her in all places. Uh, she's a dragon. What's not to like, man. You know, I, I will say this is an interesting thing because, um, you know, Yasuo and Zed had, uh, you know, were, were like gen, you know, the, they were in the initial set. And mm-hmm. all of the level up animations for the initial set are a little bit lacking compared to the new ones that we have now. Agreed. I mean, the big meme is the Teemo level up, right? Uh, but uh, it is awful. <laughs> it, I mean, it isn't an animation. It's just a little board effect, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but, uh, you know, but, but I think that this might be a great way for them to fix that without going back and changing the old ones, you know, give people the opportunity that if you really care that much about the cosmetic of the level up animation for the champion that you like, Mm -hmm. you can spend, you know, eight or 10 bucks and buy a skin. Um, I, I don't, in my opinion, if you're just buying the skin and you're not also purchasing the champs, it isn't all that outrageous. I, I don't think the price point is crazy. Like, my thing was, like, I know a lot of people were upset at first. Like, this is too expensive. How could they charge this? Um, and that was the noises they were making. But I was, I'm kind of like, what do you, like, you 
we 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 make a post at one point and we praise Riot for making this amazing free to play game. Yep. And then the next post is about how dare you charge me for cosmetics that affect my impact my gameplay not at all. Like yeah, they have to make money, right? You want this game to be here in 5 years, don't just, you? Like, just just remember uh how much PUBG and Fortnite skins cost when those games or came out. Even Valorant, like to buy a gun a, a gun pack of skins in Valorant is like 70 bucks. Yeah. You know, um which also thanks Riot. Uh <laughs> No, 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 but 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 really, um you're you're totally you're right on. Um I mean, I I played Dota 2 for for years. And uh-huh. uh I the game was completely free. I got over 3000 hours on it. And the only money I ever spent on it was when I wanted to skin. And you know what? I never felt bad about it. Mm-mm. Right. And so if I spent 10 bucks on a, on a pack, a skin pack, it was like, whatever, cool. You know, because, um, at the end of the day, I'm getting this awesome game basically for free. Uh, and, uh, I'm getting all these hours of enjoyment out of it. At the end of the day, you know, Stuff doesn't cost nothing. No. And, and you know, it, if we think about things and we say, you know, um, if we're willing to pay for our Netflix subscription, if we're pl- willing to pay for whatever, you know, I have no issue spending money towards my hobbies, especially uh, when they're as generous as they are. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm right right there with you. And and I, I may or may not get them. It may or may not be worth, you know, I mean, I, like I don't play Yasuo that much anymore. You know, I don't play it. Like I can guarantee if Twisted Fate had an alt skin, I would have already you'd bought it. it. Yeah, you'd have it. Sure. You, know, you know, if, um, and that's where like if Riven had a an an- level up animation, because that's what really appeals to me, honestly, is is the, the level, level up animation. Level yeah. up animation is, is is huge, you know, for me. But um but no, I mean, I have got my favorite champs and I've got my favorite faction stuff. And that's really what I'm actually looking forward to is I'm really hoping someday they do some sort of like faction rally or faction specific event, uh, like loyalty event. I would love to see that because like I was thinking about this the other day and it's just like I my favorite. I've got like four factions, three or four factions I play all the time. And the other factions, I'm like, eh, whatever. Screw those guys. I'm almost like antagonistic, even though when I'll play them for another deck, like I'm almost like in my head antagonistic. It's like if it's not Bilgewater, Sharima, or Noxus, I don't care, you know. <laughs> and I would love to be able to channel that into a limited time event. <laughs> oh, it would be so cool if they gave you a limited event where there was, uh, even if it was shorter, like even mm. it didn't have to be this giant event pass that you know had all of these cosmetics. Even if it was a shorter event pass. Um, or something and it cost you five bucks or something like that but you chose which region and you only got to pick one um and uh, and you got cosmetics that were true to just that region mm-hmm. i think that could be really cool even if they did that every year and you could pick a new region every year right and you yeah. know so over the next seven years you could collect all the regions or something um i wouldn't even care about that i, I think it could just be really cool and would would love to see them do something like that um i I, I always am hesitant to like when there's a situation where it's like, well, every, every you can get everything. If you just put in the time, you can always get everything. Um, I would love for there to be a scenario where it's like, no, like you have to choose and you're not going to get everything um, because that makes the thing that you picked 
a little bit more significant. It feels more yep. special. It feels more true to you. And more games need to do stuff like that where they put you in a situation where you have to pick and you cannot be the whale that 100% completes everything. Um, and, uh, you know, most games have gone towards the mentality of we have to make people capable of collecting everything because otherwise they get upset that they can't have everything. Well, um, that's and also I would love a to see monetary them. model too. Is that like whales? Like I remember reading a thing Dota about Dota a while back, like I don't know, five six years ago, and it may not be relevant anymore. But the, like the majority of the money that Valve made off of Dota was from whales. Like, oh, they would just sure. buy everything, and like if the whales don't exist and aren't catered to, then they can't stay afloat. Well, I'm f- I'm fine with them being catered to, all the time, except for every now and then, like. <laughs> When they have to work for it. Just something where it's like, uh, where, you know, you you have to pick. You're not going to get everything. You have to pick one path or the other. That'd be cool. I I don't know. You just don't even see that in games. Like, it doesn't even exist in most games anymore. That's true. Unless it's like like a, a single player RPG where you could replay the game over and over again and experience the different decisions. That's completely different. That's completely different than one a game like this. Um, but in games like this, that doesn't happen. Like exclusivity, that doesn't that doesn't happen in games. Well, like hey, this. I, I can get behind it. Uh, that would be a fun discussion for another time, maybe too. Is uh, what uh, you know? How would we envision a faction competition? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, man. Let's begin wrapping this episode up and work our way out of here. Uh, let's go ahead and jump on over to closing thoughts. And I thought I was already perfect. So for closing thoughts this week, guys, I was actually reflecting on my experience streaming on Monday, and I'm calling this closing thought, uh, remember why you're here. Uh, Remember or remember what you're here for. Um, On Monday, I just got to the point where I was streaming. I lost a whole bunch of games. It was one of those days where it felt like the, the decks that I was queuing up against were the ones that were built to beat me. I would queue up a different deck, and sure enough, I would queue up against the deck that was built to beat me got really frustrated and I got to the end of the day and had just been, you know, upset. Uh, I had just wanted to win and someone had come into the stream and wanted to play games with me. And I played one with them and they wanted to play more. And I was like, nah, man, like I'm, I'm just going to play on ladder for a little bit. And I realized after I got done streaming that I had forgotten why I was there. I was there to connect with the community. I get online to stream, to connect with people, to pray for people, to support people, to listen to people. Um, and to hopefully, you know, lighten their morning or, you know, if you're another place in the world, afternoon or evening even. Um, and that's the reason that I'm streaming is the, the human connection with people that I get to meet from all across the world. And on Monday, I forgot that. I forgot that in the heat of trying to win the game, in the heat of frustration of not winning games. Um, I forgot about that. And I think a lot of times we get ourselves in trouble when we forget the reason why we're there. Um, sometimes... We are in a situation where it's more important for us to be right um, than it is for us to maintain the relationship. Or it's more important for us to advance um, at our workplace than it is for us to maintain our integrity. Um, Or it's more important for us to stay in a relationship than it is for the person that we're with to be happy. Um, and so we're willing to sacrifice their happiness so that they stay with us. And um, I, I I think it's important to remember in every situation in life, um, in big ways and in little ways, to to remember why it is that you are where you are. Um, otherwise, you can really get caught up manipulating situations or 
um, doing things that you didn't want to do and getting something out of it that you didn't intend to get out of it um, because you just forgot why you were there and ended up on a, on a sidetracked path with ulterior motives. Um, so that's my, my closing thought for this week, which is remember why what you remember what you are here for. Yeah, for for what it's worth, you know, I mean, you and I talked about this a little bit. Like we were just kind of sure. talking about LOR uh, yesterday. But, you know, um, one of the things that I expressed to you is kind of how I, you know, felt about LOR specifically, um, which is, you know, I, I shared and uh, that I had in the winter gone through a patch where I barely played the game and I wasn't mm-hmm. really enjoying it when I when I booted it up. Um, and, um, it was actually, it was like late fall, early winter, you know, a span of about two or three months where I just was like, I don't know if LOR is for me. Like I was tuning in and, you know, recording the podcast, but I I was getting a little down on it. Um, and, and, you know, I think, uh, the thing that helped me and, you know, and this is a distillation of a bigger concept, but, uh, was that I had, uh, wanted LOR to be something that it wasn't. Um, and once I was able to accept that, you know, LOR is not a Tesla replacement, mm. you know, in my life, uh, and it's not going to do for me what Tesla did for me, uh, you know, if, from a intellectual standpoint, um, I was able to really enjoy LOR significantly more because I had appropriately labeled it as what it is for my life and the value that it had for me, um, you know, and, and the value that it had for me. Uh, you know, from a community standpoint, from an intellectual standpoint, from an enjoyment standpoint. And so once I properly put it in those boxes and evaluated it correctly, um, which took intent and it didn't, you know, in the back of my mind, I just kind of, it had turned into a Tesla replacement because we moved from Tesla to the next next game. And uh, once I got to that point where I I was like, I got to reevaluate my relationship with this game and understand what it is and and if i want to continue playing it and if so why um and i feel like that can probably be applied to a lot of other things um you know it can be really easy to coast through something and to carry baggage from one thing into another um which starts you you know down that path again like you mentioned of um, not being there for the right reasons or losing sight of why you're there, why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and so whether it's for LOR or for anything else, you know, I guess that's my, you know, piece of encouragement is just to start taking an active evaluation when you start feeling, um, like you've lost your way on something and, and, and it may not be that thing. It may just be recontextualizing it within your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that, DBN. Um, I, I appreciate, of course, always your input. Always your input. Well, guys, we hope that uh, Closing Thoughts helps you not only play the game better, but also live life better. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you want to get connected with DBN or I, join our Discord community. Um, you can find a link for that in the description of this episode, along with links um, to how you can get connected to us, including DBN's YouTube, my Twitch page, and the church that my me and my wife founded on Twitch for gamers called Lux Digital Church. If you want to check out any of that stuff, check out the description of the show right now, and you can find links to all of those places. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. We look forward to chatting with you and hanging out with you inside of Discord, and be sure to come back again next week. 
Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.